Hello and welcome to the 20 Minutes of Filler podcast. And I'm here with a special guest, my new friend. Um, as as moved as I recently moved to Grand Rapids, I'm meeting uh, cool new people that are involved in the gaming scene. And uh, this is a, an extra special guest because it's kind of like my two worlds have collided. Uh, with my kind of hip, my past involvement in like the punk rock music scene, and now I'm making games. Um, and my guest today has a similar kind of path that he's uh, he's kind of been taking. And his name is Adam Vass, and he is in uh, the band La Dispute, and he owns a game company called World Champ Game Company. Um, Pretty awesome stuff to run into this. I was at a punk rock show a little while ago, seeing a band called Dowsing, and uh, I mentioned to the guy in Dowsing how I traded the guy who owned the record label that put out his records uh, for some board games. And he's like, oh, you play board games? Uh, do you know Adam? <laughs> and uh, and this is how this relationship began. So I like, got a random punk rock show with somebody I'd never met before. He brought two gamers together in Grand Rapids. <laughs> so welcome, Adam. Thank you. Um, so, so here we are. Um, you are not from Grand Rapids. No, I'm originally from Indiana. But uh, from Valparaiso, but since I was 19, I lived in Grand Rapids for the most part. There was a spell where I lived in New England in the interim, but I, I came back here and uh, I'm here for the foreseeable future. This is, I think if I were to meet someone new tomorrow, I would tell them I'm from Grand Rapids. Okay, so you've been here long enough that this is home. <laughs> yeah, And I'm you just bought a house, so like you're, yeah. uh, you're, like you're for real now. Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, and you did you move here? Um, was it related to being in La Dispute? Yeah, uh, I had known those guys from my prior bands and playing in the area, basically between here and Chicago. There's this little belt where we all uh, got to know one another and play music together. And so, I positioned myself at that time to become a member of La Dispute. <laughs> uh, I knew that there were some changes happening, and I knew that if I was available, that I would. Get to have the chance to be a part of it, and then here I am, ten years later, still doing it. So. That's awesome. You yeah. stalked them a little bit to a get little, in the band. A little. I had uh, the insider information that was required to get <laughs> get that spot that at the time was not an open spot. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so if you guys haven't heard a lot of Spute, um, uh, you should check them out. They have a bunch of records out. They they're like a real band. Like this is like their jobs and stuff. Uh, Mostly? Yeah, that's my real, like, full-time gig. Yeah. Uh, it's strange to think about, but that's been my career, effectively, f- for at least five years. That's an awesome thing. Yeah. I had I had big hopes of that happening <laughs> for me, uh, but I still kind of found a way to kind of make a creative pursuit my, my job, so um, it was, when we when we first started talking, like, I emailed you out of the blue and felt, like, weird, and I was it was like, <laughs> uh, uh, like, I like La Dispute a lot, but I didn't want to, like, come across like a fanboy sure. and i'm not like i i've i saw you guys once right uh and uh, i was like so i've got some of your records like and i also like games like yeah. <laughs> we should probably be friends we lived on the street from each other uh and that was kind of a neat little little funny thing to navigate our insecurities coming out like yeah. even though like i'm like he's just a dude like in a band that sure. i happen to like so I, I would get that same sort of insecurity on the other end the sort of one you might have been avoiding where if someone just emailed me and was like i love your band i, lo- I have all your records i'd be like okay like uh <laughs> because that doesn't mean that they know anything about me as an individual and it already it it raises the red flag in my mind of like all right this person's going into this 
expecting that I'm a certain way, and I want to avoid that. Yeah, like expectations. Mine were just like, I found a dude who likes board games. Yep. <laughs> and not only likes board games, like, you're making them. Um, now, this just this is kind of like a like a side, a side gig, like a hobby kind of a thing that you're yeah, doing? Yeah, definitely a hobby right now. I do enjoy it, and uh, I am selling them, so I guess it's like, you know, uh, it's difficult to call it like a purely just a hobby because there is a financial aspect to it, but... It's for fun. It's for the love of making and playing games and being a part of that community a little bit. Um, it's not a job or even uh, me trying to make it a job or, or anything like that. It's yeah, just just a good time so far. Awesome. So how did how did all that begin for you? Like, were you like bored on the bus, like on tour, or like were you just like loved games and you had some downtime in between tours or something? What did that I, look like? I think there's a. I was actually talking about it with Corey, one of our guitar players, earlier today, that I have this kind of analytical brain where if I like something, I want to dig into it and figure out what it is that I like about that thing. And I, it could be a, a musician, and I want to figure out, like, why do I think this musician is better than this other one if they're playing the same style of music? Or uh, with games, I it's like I would play a game, and I would enjoy it, or I'd play another game and not enjoy it, and it wasn't enough for me on the surface to just say, this one's good, this one's bad. I would dig in, and then from then I kind of got a, a understanding of mechanics and like things that I do and don't like about certain games, and then chasing those things further. Um, and that led somewhat naturally into my uh, exploration, into taking those mechanics and what I've learned about them, and then trying to twist them and make them somehow my own. Awesome. Yeah, so like you're just like you're seeing all this stuff, you're starting to pick it apart and you're you're seeing some new paths emerging just from like the kind of the breadth of stuff that you're experiencing. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. Sort of I think about it like Siler on Heroes. I don't know if you ever watched it, but he would would look inside of people's brains to understand how they worked and he was the villain of the show so maybe not <laughs> a great character to identify with but i i understand the uh desire to know how things work and i think that is sort of the driving force of my game exploration that's awesome yeah so uh tell us a little bit about like what um what games uh what is uh kind of world champion uh world champ game company all about like what, what is your deal uh so like you i like small box games a lot the tiny epic series from gamelin really kind of set me on that path where to, to have a small box that's mobile and, and i think touring is also maybe a factor here where <laughs> i could fit a game in my guitar case fit a game inside my backpack and it wouldn't uh be a burden on a tour with like a big box game where you're going to lose components or damage pieces or whatever um so i really i really like small box games and I like small box games that feel like they're not. That there's more to it, that you can play it for an hour or something like that. Uh, and so with my first couple games, I was chasing that uh, idea and having a, a game that can be mobile and can be fun and engaging. Um, it was also important for me to kind of maintain this sort of DIY ethic that I've grown up in in music and and understanding um self-publication and that sort and and going to get it on your own i think there's something really gratifying about just 
you made a thing from uh, point A to point Z, and yeah. then at the end of it, the sense of accomplishment, whether or not people buy it or play it or whatever, it's rewarding in its own way to have done something on your own. Yeah, and, super super satisfying, and like, uh, and really, like. You, you've done you've done all of that. Like you're you're the artist to a, and to the a game kind designer. of crazy degree. Yeah, like where, you're, you're taking that to these super. Extreme. Yeah, I'm designing the games. I'm doing the artwork, the layout. I'm packaging them in my living room. You know, uh, whole, I'm fulfilling the mail order. I'm doing it all on my own. The, beyond playtesting, it's a entirely a one man operation right now. Yeah, you're totally like totally DIY. It's like you're running a little punk rock record label. It reminds me of games. packaging labels back when I was <laughs> eighteen or nineteen and putting records in jackets and stuff. Absolutely, that's that's one of the things that I've always like kind of mentioned, like what publishing is like to me. So, um, like I, when I played in bands too, it was very much like I did all those little things. I, I'm not the artist, but I mean, I wrote the songs or I co-wrote the songs. You know, I booked the shows. Like I'd work with the studio to set up the time. Yeah. I'd, like I'd hook up with uh, with the booking. You know all the booking people and trying to get a shows and then hiring the artists that I liked the best, you know, and like kind of working through the whole project and working with the factories. And like, I love that. And then like all that stuff I was doing then, even though that didn't really pay off a whole lot, like just seamlessly like slid into this, this game publishing thing. I'm like, Oh, I know how to do this already. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. And in the same way, game design and songwriting are obviously very different, but uh, I know where to source components from having had to source merchandise for a band for 10 years. And uh, I'm good at e- emailing people. I know that's like a, <laughs> a dumb sentence, but you have to have the right attitude. And Communication right... is like, yeah, is huge. And that's a major part of obviously every industry, but something I've had to cultivate uh, from being a band and from Back when we were booking our own tours and and chasing labels and doing all that, um, those sort of skills kind of transcend whatever you need to do, uh, and you can then get to apply them later on. Like you said, I found those strengths that exist in me in the kind of managerial side of being in the band uh, are easily applicable to this uh, game distribution thing too. That's awesome. Do you, so, like, in the game design itself, do you do you ever get that sense? Uh, I mean, I've had this, so maybe I'm just going to throw this idea out there. You can talk about it if you want sure. to. But, like, uh, making a game it has a lot of similarities, too, like writing a song even specifically. Like, you know, like, you have these little bits and pieces of ideas at first, and then you start to put them together. And then there's this, like, kind of emotional moment when, like, in your gut, you're, like, starting to feel like, oh, yeah, this is it. Like, let's just ride this wave for a and little it while. kind of snowballs and you end up with the final thing where like the pieces all fall together very very much that way and i think too there's something to like writing a song i can either say i want this to be a sad song or i want this to be in this key or use this chord and in the same way with a game i can say i want it to have this theme or i want it to have this core mechanic and and whatever that starting point is then you um figure out those other things that kind of build on one another and it's off to the races and and i'm sure there is some sort of like similarity in the parts of my brain that i'm using to accomplish both of these (laughs) they're both abstract problem solving but they're problems that you're creating at the same time for the sake of solving them uh and i think that there's a cool parallel there for sure that's cool 
I was just uh, I was just watching this interview with Chris Jericho. We we also <laughs> discovered we both like wrestling quite yeah, a bit. That's where uh, World Champs <laughs> yeah. name obviously comes that's from. Totally it's, perfect. Yeah. Um, and he was talking in this interview about how like when he's wrestling, he is like all in and maybe kind of like writing songs on the side or whatever. But then like he has to totally be done with that and get into being in his rock band Fozzie <laughs> and going on the road, right? Like so. So is that like you? Is that is that like that for you at all? Like, are you like, I need to be all in in a lot of dispute right now, or like, I need to be all in uh, making games, or is it kind of like a back and forth? Like, what, what's that like for you? It depends on the day, and it also depends on what what other projects I'm. Like, a lot of disputes my career. World Champ is my hobby. I'm also doing freelance design. I'm I'm I I have many hats, like we mentioned earlier. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And certain things, uh, I have to change what section of my brain I'm using. It's very difficult for me to be drawing or working in visual art and then go to songwriting or, or music because those uh, use different strengths for me and I can't go back and forth. So in that regard, I am all in on one or all in on the other. With games, because I, th- I think I'm more casual, uh, it is a little bit easier for me to drift in and drift out while I have focus uh, on the band or another project. And also, I'm sure you've experienced this, but sometimes you just hit a wall and mm. it's nice to have another thing to flex your brain muscles on that's not the game or not the song that you are you can't like finish. Go do something else and then come back to it fresh. And for me to have all those different outlets, uh, they usually will help one another when they're in uh, a, a sticky situation. Absolutely. Like, that's um, that's one of the reasons I became a publisher, is because, like, as a designer, I wasn't, like, constantly coming up with new game design ideas. Um, so, but so then I was like, what am I going to do? Like, if I want this to be my job, how do I do that? Right. Like, oh, I got to do the other side of it and work with other people's games and help them. So, like, I can take an idea that somebody else is developing and help them kind of bring it, you know, like, as a project manager, kind of producer in a role. Um, or like, you know, so I bounce back and forth between those things a lot, like just as like they ebb and flow, like when I lose inspiration for my own design and like, I always have something else to work on right. or like I have a factory to get a hold of or an artist to find, I got to poke around yeah. and find who's going to do the art for the next game, you know, or sometimes I just like, you know, I'll stop for a couple days doing everything board game related and grab my guitar and write some songs that no one's going to hear, you know, just like, <laughs> uh, that, that creativity, like for me ebbs and flows like that and 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 it helps me be refreshed to like come back to the other thing like with uh with a kind of new new set of eyes with like kind of reinvigorated you know because I, I took a break from it i don't hate it or totally. i don't like feel the grind as much anymore right yeah you you can rediscover what it is that you really like about that project and why you want to keep going when you come back to it as a fan instead of it being a work project or or whatever you can, uh, yeah, reinvigorate, I think, is the the word uh, that applies best. Just get jazzed again, and then that ball keeps rolling. Yeah, awesome. So tell us a little bit about the specific games that, sure. that, you're, that you're making. Um, my first game was called Snow Day, and uh, it's um, a tile-laying game. It's a route, route building, I guess, where you're building a, each player... Plays as a kid playing outside on a snow day, and you have to get home. And uh, so you're building paths in the snow, 
you're manipulating the path cards that other players are using that they were trying to get home so that you can sabotage them. But meanwhile, while you're each racing home, there's also the factor of the winter weather. And we live in Michigan, so we <laughs> we know it well. Uh, every round, every player's temperature goes down. And you oh. run the risk of freezing solid if you take too long to try to get to your path. Or if you take too many turns sabotaging everyone else and you can't get home in time, you're going to lose because you freeze. And that... Actually, I uh, had started it in November when it was starting to get cold, <laughs> and I just, it kind of was this uh, s- sort of immediate thing that just sparked in my mind, and I understood how the game worked immediately, and uh, di- did a lot of testing with friends who had similar attitudes where it's cold outside, we want to play games inside, <laughs> uh, but there's something fun about uh, diving into the exact thing that we're avoiding in playing this game and having the winter theme was really fun. Right, we don't have to go outside to enjoy right. this snowy day. Like, we'll just play a pretend game about it instead. And it started a little bit darker. It was called Lake Effect when it first started. And I th- think as we played it more, and I, I had decided that I wanted to be a little bit more lighthearted. And the graphic design is kind of inspired by sort of a 40s and 50s Christmas card graphics and and kind of throwback style like low polygon design uh like like the snowman's not made of circles he's made out of these jagged shapes that are overlaid and uh has these kind of like vintage style snowflake patterns all over yeah it's Um, it's got a really cool look to it and the, the typefaces you chose really kind of speak to that like playfulness and um and the the way that you package it's really neat it's in a it's in a it's a corrugated box it's not a like a two piece uh, setup box like most games come in, right? And it's printed on this kind of corrugated. You know, what do you, do you have a name for this type of box? When uh, you ordered it, I don't. It's a pizza <laughs> box. It's a pizza box, or it's like a baseball card style box that has like the flaps that tuck in. Yeah, it so it's in, just so like it that kind of yeah, that and... simple cardboard. Um, and it flips open, and you've got a nice little deck of cards and some meeples. And the cool part is the board is this like handkerchief that is screen printed with two different colors yeah that was a big part of the what i wanted to be as a world champ is i want to take what i know from diy from being in a band and use those kind of unique skills and contacts and that sort of thing to make something different and the screen printed cloth game board was uh, in my mind from day one too, where uh, this is going to feel nice and look nice and set it apart from a cardboard board or, or whatever. And, uh, I knew where to get stuff screen printed. I do a lot of poster design. I ended up getting those made down the street from my apartment when awesome. they were done. I just drove over to the print shop and picked them up. Like that was so That's cool. Rad. That's rad. I had a couple friends do that for me. Um, it's totally a boutique kind of thing. Like it's not mass produced. I mean, the cards are printed at a, at a card printer, but like you, and you source the components, like you said, from different places, but like, it has a lot of, uh, heart to it. They kind of like, even though it's handmade, it feels, it has, it has a very special quality to it. It's tricky. Cause I don't think you could accomplish that with a print run of 5,000 games or something. I think that's one small benefit to being able to make 50 copies or a hundred copies of a game is you can do special things that maybe don't scale well. 
yeah. and that that game board being one of those things. And uh, the first edition comes with a lapel pin inside too. That was just a cool like. There's no functionality to the the game, but I it was my first game, and it's the first printing of that game, and I wanted to make it special and I want to commemorate the occasion yeah that's awesome maybe more for me than the people buying the game but <laughs> yeah, some right. of them still will open it up and find a cool you little know, treat it's, it's you know when you're the guy who makes the game you get to put the stuff that right. makes you happy inside <laughs> for sure yeah that's so punk rock though like i love that like idea of like you want it to be special it's like it's like records uh, uh i was just thinking about my one of my lot of dispute records that i have in the other room it's two lps with uh the fourth side is like etched or screen printed yeah. with like the with some artwork on it like just little touches like that like that make record collecting special it kind of has this like total like kind of collector vibe to it and i very much have that in mind uh we have the lot of card game actually that just went into second edition (laughs) and i go how can i make the first edition stay unique and special to the people who have it without betraying them in making a wider release and uh have worked on that quite a bit to to try to accomplish that goal um having exclusive cards for one or the other and and having a special <laughs> experience for the people who have the games that i made uh talk about like actually bringing your worlds together right yeah like that's the perfect hybrid <laughs> with your band like what's that all about how do you do yeah, that that kind of started as a goof that i took pretty seriously <laughs> and uh sounds like making games yeah o- o- over the winter uh one day i just sent the files like uh print and play to the rest of the band and said, Hey, I made this game. Do you all mind testing it out and seeing if you enjoy it? And it's based like there's a card in there for every song we've ever recorded. And you build set lists as if you're going to do a live performance using the songs, trying to get like the right combination and getting the most applause is the, <laughs> is the score parameter for that game. And I loved it. And uh, I think... is that what being in a band is really about? The... Is it really about <laughs> the, the applause? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is in the fictional version that you p- want to play as a board gamer. <laughs> okay, yeah, totally, the, totally. You want the glory. It is definitely where that theme takes you, right? <laughs> right, like, right. Like, yeah, we just want to make the fans happy, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and that was a really fun and rewarding project. And I think I don't I don't know that someone else could make that game for us. I think. It took my kind of very specific uh, knowledge base to be able to... There's all these thematic things that I don't know that most people would catch, but um, say that we have a song that in real life is a minute and a half long. On the card, it'll say, you can play another card right away. Hmm. Uh, And that's because (laughs) in real life, if you played that song, didn't take up much time, you can play another song right now. And so I think it works... If you don't know the band, it's a cool card game. And if you do know the band, there's these little like hooks for you to to kind of get a deeper understanding of how we actually make set lists, sort of. Obviously, it's an abstraction, but some of the core ideas in that game come from how our band really works, that's which awesome. is fun, too, yeah. And that's, that's a special thing for like fans of the band, to be able to... like. Can they pick it up at a show? Like, are you going to have it available on the road? Or? I think so. So the first edition was an exclusive for our merch subscription service, which was sort of like a Loot Crate-style monthly package where the people got a blind box, and they didn't know what was inside, and the card game was one of those things. <laughs> That's awesome. And then after that came out, and I saw some fanfare online, or people who said, oh, I wish I subscribed, but I missed out, and now I know what it is. Um, we did make a 
second edition with a wider release that has some new cards in it, new packaging. And I know it's available online in our, in where we sell our records and shirts and stuff. Um, I don't know that we'll have it at shows just because it's a sort of weird thing to fit in your display along with your (laughs) records and your t-shirts and all that. Right on. That's cool. That's really neat. Yeah. Um, and then you you, you did something special for free comic book day a few weeks ago. Yes. Uh, I made a free game, which this was a, like I mentioned earlier, you kind of start with that one idea and then the, the game develops around it. And mine was, how do I make a game that costs me less than a dollar to make so that I can <laughs> give it away for free and not just be hemorrhaging money? And uh, the result was this game. It's called Tats Off, folks. And it's a worker placement <laughs> game uh, that's made up of eight cards. Uh, one card is the rules and one card you cut up as your pieces. So the board that it creates is six cards and each of them are double-sided, and so the board is... It's tats all, folks, because it's about tattoos. Right. <laughs> my my other, uh, my long-lost love, where I had the... I chased being in a band. I love being in a band. I wanted to be a tattooer since I was a teenager and never did it. And I still studied that style of artwork and drawing, and I did all the artwork on this game, uh obviously heavily stylized as American traditional tattoos. Yeah, like I was like, I'm thinking like Sailor Jerry is like what, totally, I, what I see. Totally, totally. Um, and this was another game. It had a couple, I, I started with some abstract strategy stuff before committing to the theme. And then once I found the theme and I said, what is a me game? What is it? Uh, my style and it's tattooing. And, uh, again, kind of became this perfect storm of, I've got the theme. I've got a core mechanic in worker placement, which I really like. Um, and, I've got parameters where I can't make uh, too many cards. And from then, I've kind of filled in the blanks to get from those core foundations to a a game that's finished and available. Um, And it's still free. You can get the print and play from my website for free. I do a pay what you want, which is a little bit difficult online. I I use a... (laughs) Basically, there's a sliding scale. You can pay between $1 and $5 for it. Okay. And you get to choose. It's hell on my inventory, though. I bet. It doesn't make any sense. (laughs) So pretty much whenever someone buys it, I go back into the inventory and amend it a little bit and try to fix it. But um, the point of that being, I still want to have a game that I think is really fun. It showcases my visual art in a really cool way. And uh, anyone can have it. You just have it. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. It's a really neat, neat idea, and it really does have a great, unique look. Like that connected with me. I looked at when I first looked at your Instagram. I saw this game because you were saying I'm getting ready for this free comic book right. day, and I'm like, I'm like I gotta play that game. Like I love that style of tattoos, and it's two player worker placement. It's back and forth. Like you're 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 just trying to like get up uh, to nine clients first, right? And like you're you're just kind of really just trying to outthink the other person in this very tight kind of back and forth yeah there's a there's certainly an element like in snow day where it's do i do a turn that will benefit me directly or do i do a turn that will hinder the other person and thusly benefit me indirectly over time and you kind of have to find that balance of uh going for it or sabotage and then what whatever you can do and what am I leaving the other player open to if I right. go for that really nasty move? There's only and... so many spaces available to place your workers, so you have to think ahead, guess what they're going to do, 
Um, and I think that's true of most worker placement games that I've played. And that element of trying to predict is one of the most fun parts of that game. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's re- it's really cool to see what you're doing, and I'm excited to see what, what comes next. Uh, so where can people find more about uh, World Champ Game Company? Uh, our website is worldchampgame.co. Uh, because I'm a sucker for the vanity URL. It, <laughs> <laughs> .co. So, awesome. .co. Um, we're World Champ Game Co. on Instagram and WC Game Co. on Twitter. Uh uh, but the website's the hub. It sort of has the Twitter and Instagram integration, you know. Uh, that's the best place. Our store is built into the website. So if you want to pick up Tats All Folks for free, you can get it there. Um, Snow Day is still available at the website as well. The Lotus Butte Card Game is sort of an anomaly since it's... Yeah, you have to really it's an uh, IP, so. you have to become an Uber <laughs> fan and really get out there and dig in for that, okay? <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so one of the things we like to do is we like to ask people, um, what is a filler that like is one of your go-to games that you just would love to recommend uh, to whoever? Sure. Uh, this is a maybe borderline filler, but Star Realms is my small box game of choice for sure. Uh, you you can get the deck for ten bucks or whatever and have two players, and it's maybe the first deck building game I played so I, there's a soft spot in my heart for it <laughs> uh, a mechanic that I'm maybe growing tired of now but Star Realms will always be that for me uh, and it fits in my backpack and I can take it on tour and it's so uh, there's so many different strategies you can take I really love the varied approach um, I love the expansions and stuff but then you're getting out of filler game you're getting out of micro game territory when you start adding more decks more boosters all that <laughs> right. stuff but the core game is really great and uh another one that i've been playing recently single player is mint works oh yeah that game is so good it's it's in uh my bag whenever i go to band practice and when we take a break i can just throw down a quick one player game of mint works i love the theme i did try to eat the mint the first time I opened it to find out that there would. So don't do that. But uh, I just had to know. And But For the sure. game is great. And actually it was a huge influence on Tats All Folks as a micro worker placement game. Um, love it. It's just super smooth. The graphic design is really nice. And the, obviously it's so small it's so, and, yeah. uh, and clever and... That is like a the, the totally the kind of game that we love like on this show like and and that one is one that like I've I've only played it with two players but I've played a few games of it and I really like it so I'm, I want to try the solo game. It's fun. There's certain there's four AIs that it comes with, um, a couple of whom I can beat no problem and a couple of whom I've yet to beat. So ah okay so good there's a good range of challenge yeah. there. Awesome. So one last thing. Um, if people haven't heard La Dispute, I'm going to totally just put you on the spot. That's like, all right. What, um, is there like a record or like a song that you really want them to check out that, uh, that would just be a good uh, kind of, uh, I don't know, indicator of what La Dispute is all about? Our, our second LP called Wildlife is, to me, it's my favorite record that we've done. Uh, and I think it showcases the sort of spectrum that our band can do in terms of heavy songs, melodrama, catchier songs. It's got the whole thing. It's an hour long. So it's got, (laughs) it covers a lot of bases. Um, We also did a split with Touche Amore for those who uh, 
want to invest less time. It's just two tracks, <laughs> and it's maybe f- less than five minutes for um, the combined two tracks. And I think that's also a really great showcase of what our band can be in a small box game versus the uh, <laughs> the big box that is wildlife. See, you got the audience in mind. Yeah. You know, like people with low attention spans. Yeah. That's great. Wildlife uh, Wildlife's a good one. And uh, this, the one song on that one that totally, I mean, I don't know the titles of the songs because right. I don't do that. But the one about the church. Uh, St. Paul Missionary Baptist Church Blues. Oh, man. Yeah, that's the good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> so, um, all right, Adam, thank you so much for, for coming on the yeah, show. thanks for having me. Talking about what you're doing uh, and uh, giving us some, some recommendations for games. And, uh, folks, if you want to follow us, you probably already know by now, but it's uh, I'm on Twitter, at Green Couch Games. I'm at Jason Kotarski. You can join our Facebook group, the 20 Minutes of Filler group where we talk about all things filler and we give away games sometimes and uh until next time i just hope you guys get out there and play some great little games 